We want better schools. We want them now. Stand in our way, and you'll catch these eight black hands with Ankrum, Cole, El Mecky, and Stewart. Join us now for an hour or more of talk on education and culture. And so we on, baby. What's good, man? <laughs> welcome to the welcome to the Eight Black Hands podcast. I love this I love your belayed response. I love it's like you push the button and looking at it you're like, wait, hold on, what's going on? But how you been, yeah. man? I'm well, bro. How are you? I'm good, man. I I, I definitely missed y'all last week. I did, I needed to take that break. Um, and then you know, my aunt for my birthday made this nice little set for me. She watches every episode, so. Thank you, Auntie Tammy. That's 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 my daddy's uh, baby sister. You know what I'm saying? So, um, so shout out to her for trying to pick up my spirits um, and, and, and revitalize my basement with the set. But uh, man, it's, it's, it has been pretty busy though with a lot of stuff going on. But how, how, how have you been, man? And hey, Chris, how you doing, boss? What's up, y'all? <laughs> you, we just doing yo, intros, man. Shout out to yo. Yeah, yeah, shout out to everybody that's like your auntie, bro. Everybody that that's on air with us every week, kicking it with us and watching every show, commenting in the comments. Man, we appreciate y'all. I will say, um, I, I know, and this is the she, you know, my aunt did this because she watches the episodes and made this little wearing our own thing, this little mm. eight black <laughs> hand It's cute, man. So th- thank you. That's my daddy's baby sister. I love her. That's my that's my homie. But how you been, Ray? I saw you doing some yard work yeah. today out there. You know what I'm saying? Get getting that Bruh, diesel on. Hey, hey, so hey, so when you're in the suburbs, man, they do this, uh, they do this curb pickup. And so I had a couple uh couple branches fall down, man. So I had to get it ready for uh for them to come and do this pickup tomorrow. That's where my tax dollars go. I'm very appreciative for them to come and pick this thing up because I ain't want to find nobody off Craigslist to come and do it. That's what's up. So <laughs> See Breezy, what's happening, baby? How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. So you know what? For our show that we did with the health thing, remember mm-hmm. that? Whatever that yeah. was, healthcare, whatnot. Yeah. So nine days ago, I started walking every day. Okay. Like three, four miles. That's nice. So uh my lowest day has been like two, two and a half miles. Um, and and my best day has been like over four, whatever. But every day consistently. And the time is getting shorter and shorter and I feel better. So there you go. We did a show. We said we should take care of ourselves. I actually took some of it to heart. I didn't think I was going to because be very honest with you. I, yeah, me either. I just thought it was like, I just thought it was some stuff we were talking about because you're supposed to talk about self-care you know, <laughs> right now. But uh, I did it and uh, now I feel good, man. I feel really good. Hey, what's that shirt you got? That's a good burger shirt? Absolutely. Look at Stay that hungry. man. Look at that guy, bro. Stay hungry. Like I'm the good bargain. Who said Chris Stewart ain't about to coach you out in these streets? You oh, come, on, me? Man. Okay. come on, man. Hey, so, so if you're listening to the show, uh, where you at? One to ten. Ten being awesome. Let us know where you're at in these comments because, you know, we want to check on you. Make sure you are. Right. Um, you only see six hands tonight. So keep mm-hmm. reefing your prayers. We'll keep it brief. Mm-hmm. Uh, keep reefing your prayers. He's good, but keep him in your prayers. It's always good to pray for people that you love. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. Yeah, yeah. Our, my heart is definitely with Sharif tonight. And uh, and yeah, man, I'm looking forward to, to, to having him back and, and, and just letting him know that we're going to be here for him regardless. And, and, you know, he got his brothers to lean on. So 
That's what's up. All right. So now, now make, before we jump in, I do have to give yeah. y'all a message. Yeah, okay. To you two and to all the other Negroes uh, that are are the, that are male and follow the eight black hands. So we had um, we had our our book club this 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 weekend, the eight black hands Patreon book club, and we are speaking about Dr. Tommy Curry's book, uh, The Man Not. And the man not is a lot about the black male erasure that we talk about on this show from time to time. But it's scholarly. It's a scholarly look at the thing that we've been we've been talking about getting erased. Black male erasure and all that. It's all women. It's all women in the book club. So this weekend was our second week. They said, uh, Chris, you know, this is interesting that we're talking about black males like this. And, you know, black feminism, black masculinism, you know, the whole thing or whatnot. Uh, But there's no black males here. So first of all, I told him I would say to you all this. I would bring this message to you all. But also there happened to be some other males in our Patreon group of people. So I'm just putting a shout out. Please get the book. Tommy Curry, Dr. Tommy Curry on Amazon. The Man Not. It's about black male erasure and about how black feminism and and, and white uh, feminism have been co-opting each other to erase the black male uh, because they associate us with the white male. Anyways, I just wanted to put this out there because I know some of our book club folks are right now in the comments watching. And that's that's what's up. And I I will say, uh, I tried to make it, bro. I have another book club. So I like I was like I was trying and and then I was asleep, but um, I'm just like you know, I, I tried. It was heavy, man. Yeah, yeah, Ray, did you try it all? I mean, Charles tries I, a lot. I, he always I, tries. I, I did. You know, you know, you I didn't did not even try, try man. Did, you didn't no. even try. No. You was probably doing it. I did have a full. I had a whole book club. I had a whole book club around yeah, yeah. blacks in the South. I'm just saying, you know, yeah. but yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I, I'm in a black men's book club that coincides right. It ends right when yours starts. So it just mm-hmm. it was just a lot, brother. And we went like three and a half hours. So, um, but I, I mean, will. You, you, you're doing stuff. I'm talking about Ray. <laughs> that, that's what I'm talking about. I'm yeah, talking I, about, I don't do anything. I'm talking like, about I'm, Mr. Not, I'm not a superintendent yeah. of a school. Like I'm not no. planning for. <laughs> You ain't doing nothing on Saturdays. <laughs> I will okay, say though, okay, you know okay. Have, so on a Saturday, if if. If we have a few brothers that want to join a book club that's not part of Patreon, I will sponsor five black men that want to be part of a book club to be uh, patrons for uh, six months um, at, at the lower level. But I will I will I got you. That's what's up. I, that's I, what's I will up. put my money where my mouth yeah. is. So I don't, email, I don't know if what's I can the email they can send it to? Um, they can send it to Charles. Uh, what's the email where, where they can send yeah, it to? They, they, can send, they can send it to ccoiii at gmail.com. I'll put it in the banner. I'll put it in the banner. All right. Well, that's just the message yeah, I wanted to bring, brothers. Because I, I, I told and so, our, and so, our people yeah, that I will. I'll sponsor, so. five, I'll sponsor five more. Wow. Damn, I'll that's sponsor ten. five more. But I'm only sponsoring y'all for what? For, for one month. <laughs> <laughs> Lord have mercy. <laughs> Jesus help these people. All right. Well, um that I appreciate it, Hey, so Unc, Unc, if you, you know. Unc, I know you've been trying to get in this Patreon. My uncle's been trying to get in the Patreon, so that's your opportunity, Unc. I got you for one month. There you go. So there, there's right. my email address and we can go from there. Appreciate y'all. Appreciate y'all. Yeah, man. So uh, now that we've gotten all the stuff out the all way, right. we sent our love to Reef. Uh, you know, go ahead, Ray. What are we talking about today, good brother? 
So we're talking about good trouble, man. So you guys do a lot in your in your own day-to-day lives, man. And I'm sure this week you've been making good trouble. So let's kick it off with Chris. What have you been doing this week, man, to make good trouble? Mm. If you don't know, I can I could I could point you to a tweet that you said. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I tweet for the public good. That's the that's one thing that I do every week. Um Listen, it's, it's it's not just tweeting. It's actually taking it to people that actually think that if they can tone police you out of saying what you need to be said on behalf of our kids, that they got you. And I happen to be somebody that's very hard to tone police. So I actually go after people quite often who I think are pushing ideas that damage our kid, uh, our kids. And uh, and that's what I do every week. So I did that this week. I do that every week. I write. Um, I activate, um, I anger people, uh, I point fingers, I name names, uh, you know, that's it. Good trouble, good trouble, baby. Yeah, it's good trouble. Charles, you've been busy this week, bro, real busy. I saw two episodes that you did, and then you did it. You talk about it. Yeah, no, I did. So I did two episodes just around having courage in the education space, basically, and you know, we were blessed to have some amazing guests, uh, former U.S. Secretary of Education. Uh, he, we had him and it was amazing. Uh, but you know what? If you talk about good trouble and a lot of people didn't see this episode, it was y'all know that I got Jaden, the young brother that was in the show with you all. He has a show and he had this other young brother that he brought on and he's an entrepreneur. But the brother dropped out of high school and was so honest about why he dropped out and how the adults treated him. I mean, it was everything that we talk about. Right. And he didn't talk like people on Twitter talk. He talked like a kid from Oakland that dropped out and sold weed. And then the Hidden Genius Project helped him. First off, even with dropping out, he went back and did his GED and graduated before everybody else did and just put himself back on the right track. But it was so much honesty. And when you talk about the good trouble, he said a lot of stuff that there would be a lot of folks, uh, a lot of very sensitive Um, I would say a lot of white female teachers would be very sensitive to hear what he had to say. And I've been trying to just cut it up and play back parts of his show. But it was just so inspiring. And it gave me like the kick in the pants and got me excited to come back to eight black hands. So this young man was like it's like 20 years old, 19 years old and just had so much wisdom uh, around how this system has failed him. Um, Mm -hmm. And he he talked Mm -hmm. about he had both a charter and a traditional school. And it was. it was just really powerful to hear it because he's he's obviously super articulate and super smart. And, you know, it, they just didn't have it. They just didn't have it for him and they let him go. And and it sucks mm-hmm. that that happened. So that that's what I've been doing this week, uh, Ray. And that's the thing that kind of, you know, stuck out to me the most. That's what's up, bro. So let's jump right in, man. We're gonna start this thing off with uh with CT Vivian, Vivian, and I, I got a video for y'all so we can reflect on it. All right, all right, brother, do your thing. Mm-hmm. Mr. Producer, man, he got this. You know what I'm saying? Let me take this comment down. And get let me get this mm-hmm. banner out the way. You know what I'm saying? Look at him, the producer, man. This is the moment we've waited for. When I say we've waited for, I'm talking about humankind has waited for. I'm talking about all the great philosophers and thinkers uh, uh, have waited for this moment. It's we have lived like we have lived, blowing each other up, killing each other, uh, uh, stealing from each other. 
making a world that is not fit for human beings. We have lived that way because it's been allowed to be. Violence cannot solve human problems. We can't live in an atomic world and think like we used to think in terms of how wars were fought, in terms of how men killed each other. Because today, if we decide to live like we lived yesterday, none of us will live at all. War cannot be used anymore because you can't create the beloved community on yesterday's understandings. It's up to us to create the world we really want. We have to say it, we have to sing it, uh, we have to do it, because that's the only way we can really find out what the world will be like. The world we want to create, our generations that have come before us have desired it. We're the first that can really have it. We're the first that can make it a reality. We've lived and waited for you to come along. And because the conditions are right for you to win. Fellas, so what What are y'all's thoughts on, 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 on that video? You, you, you saw the banner. You saw they had the Freedom School mm. in the banner. So what, what, what is y'all? I was going to say, Chris, I'll let you What's jump happened? in first. You, I think you're skipping a little bit, uh, Ray. But... I'm wilding. <laughs> did I do what? Nah, go go ahead, Chris. Ray, you just you're skipping a little bit. Um, yeah, you were skipping, man. It looked like Max Hedrum for a second there. Um, Google it, millennials. Um, so listen, I, I actually, um, uh, what was going through my head, to be very honest with you, is that at 95 years old, he is still witnessing. Um, a world in which the change that he wanted to come didn't come yet. So we're talking about a dude that marched with King, a dude that was a field general for the uh, for SNCC, a dude that has been um, um, praying and marching and, and uh, organizing around our civil rights for years. And he dies at 95 years old, still not it being matter of fact. And honestly, um, in a world where we have gone backwards, <laughs> Mm. Like we, we we not only like 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 during the Obama era, there was hope that that was a building block towards an acceleration towards more civil rights. And we were going to really make it to the mainstream as black people. And uh, little did we know that that would be followed. Eight years would be followed by what we have now, which is arguably 20, 30 years behind where we were before Obama became president. Mm. So um, I know that's no way to honor the work uh, of Mr. Vivian. I know that's not not what I'm supposed to say. I mean, he's marched. He did the King thing. He was all about the nonviolence. He's about all that. And uh, and we're still living in violence. Our children are living in violence. You know, our women are living in violence. Our people are living in violence. The violence of poverty, militarism, racism, white supremacy, all of the violences that Dr. King enumerated and and uh, and articulated for us from a perspective of faith all these years later, 95 years old. We're still there. 
Man, I mean, to live 95 years, man, That's and, and to do this work, you know, I actually didn't know... Uh, I didn't know as much about him, man. I like I felt the effects. And when I started to do research for the show and when he had passed, you know what I mean? I was like, oh, man, I had no idea. I actually got to give Ray some love because I didn't know that he created Upper Bound, uh, which has changed mm-hmm. the lives of like so many people. So I think when you lose the Titan, I mean, I actually have mixed emotions. If you know, if I can be honest. Right. It's, it's like you want to honor somebody that's stuck to his beliefs and just grown and and, and you know, he's just accomplished a, a litany of things that were just super impactful. And he's going to inspire people for generations to come. And then there's also this other part of me that feels a little daunted. It's a little daunting that somebody has been working for what he was 95. So let's say 70, 75 years of his life. Mm-hmm. And we still fighting for like similar things or the same things. And, you know, it's um, I know progress takes a while. And I know that, you know, even when I talk about the arc of slavery, right? Like, you know, we, we usually talk about the beginning of slavery and the end of slavery, but there was a lot, there were hundreds of years in between that, right? That people just had to live and kind of make incremental movements to forward. And so um, I'm just conflicted in it. It's like, how do you honor that, that man's work in life? Um, how do you recharge your own batteries to kind of keep going? Um, because I wouldn't blame somebody if they like, you know what, man, out of all this and everything that we're going through, I'm, I'm about to just start a Twitch channel and just call it a day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. I want to, that guy is a giant and we are honored and blessed to have had him. I think that video that you showed was, was, was amazing. Uh, Ray, I think that the one thing I'll take from him is we got to continue to try to create our own realities. We got to, and that means, you know, like you said, it was at a freedom school. Um, a lot of people still don't even know what freedom schools are or why they were significant. And in this moment, right, of, of pods and COVID and, and uncertainty, like, and we all got basic studios with our phones and on our laptops, we should be having a whole bunch of freedom schools. So it's like, I'm going to just try to take his lead and, and, and put more goodness out in the world and just kind of stick to my guns the way that he did. You know, one thing I I meant to say when I was talking about how he has been fighting for the same thing for so long, he fought for voting rights Mm -hmm. years ago. Got people. uh, Chris, Chris, uh, you know, yeah. You you should mention that. I got a video on him fighting for voting rights. All right. You gonna play it now? Yeah. Chris was like, I was cooking. Like I had a, I was had a Yeah. It's skipping uh Ray with no sound right now. So oh you probably have you gotta click that thing for the sound, brother. Um but my fault, my fault, my fault, my fault. It's all good. Why why you read go ahead and reload it, man. It's all good. Uh Chris, what what were you about to say? You was you 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 still got the pot, brother. <laughs> well, listen, this is all I was going to say was like, you know, years ago, he's been you got it, right? We got sound. OK, let's do this. Let's 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 watch this first. You can't keep anyone in the United States from voting without hurting the rights of all other citizens. Democracy's built on this. This is why every man has the right to vote, regardless. Is what I'm saying true? Yeah. Is it what you think and what you believe? Yeah. Go back. 
democracy. You beat people bloody in order that they will not have the privilege to vote. All right, Chris, take over. They were fighting for voting rights way back then. Before them, people were voting to not have to do poll taxes and have to read literacy, you know, do literacy tests before they could vote or whatever. So people have been trying to um, stop us from having a vote uh, forever. In the beginning, you couldn't vote because you were enslaved. After you were emancipated, you couldn't vote because they put all these barriers in place to stop you from exercising your right. Once you beat that, you got in the civil rights movement. Um, they allowed you to vote and uh, um, and weren't very happy about your decisions, about who you voted for. And here we are all these years later now, and you have states closing down polling places in in the 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 places where you have the most black people suddenly all of a sudden uh dr fuller was telling me about milwaukee they, when they had this last election uh going from 250 polling stations to five in milwaukee now milwaukee is like the milwaukee is the biggest black place in wisconsin right so when you do that that's tactical surgical uh um removal of black people from the vote florida taking the vote away from people who have a criminal record uh states like georgia just purging people off the voters list and surprisingly it's not the white republicans that are getting purged off the voters list right it's happening underneath our nose um i think we feel sometimes like history's over like all the fights have been fought and we're living in the the after time of fighting for our rights. I don't even think we really know we're in a fight. Um, we get a little hot and bothered about things like this voter suppression and, and other things, but they are so good at it. Right. They got us whooped on it so bad. It's, 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 it's crazy. I hope somebody makes sure that they get every black uh, first time voter to the polls uh, as like their own mission. Like say, I'm going to actually do it. Let me, let me just end by saying this. I live in the whitest state in America, one of the whitest states in America. And it takes me literally like eight minutes to vote. <laughs> and that's from the time I get out the car to the time I get back in the car. Like no lines. We got so many polling places that it takes me no time to walk in and vote. But then I watch all across the South where these people are standing in line for four or five hours to vote. And now we have a president that doesn't want them to be able to vote by mail. Um, man, history's not over. This dude has passed away um, his whole life having fought something that is getting worse rather than better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely yeah. correct, bro. Yeah, so so one of the things that stuck out to me was uh, just American Baptist Theological College. So it, back then, that college pumped out some visionaries. And so, uh, you know, C.T. Vivian was, he was actually the mentor for John Lewis. So everything that you see in terms of like, you know, the activism from John Lewis, he got that from C.T. Vivian. And so I, I, the, the civil rights movement, I feel like, and uh, I know the brothers from the AOS are going to gonna cover this in their next podcast. I feel like it was a, it was like a Pan-Hellenic council meeting, bro. Because like you had all of these black Greeks that, uh, that pledged different fraternities that were able to come together for a common good in order to, you know, make things better for black folks, man. And I just wish we could get back there in terms of like, and I'll speak for my own organization, just the selection of men, just to have that high standard, that high bearer. Mm -hmm. 
of mm-hmm. folks that coming in to represent for their orgs and do right and make good trouble, man, is so important. So important. Yeah, man. That's um. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that's it's like I said, man. I wish I actually knew more about him, and I'm kind of ashamed of myself. And we actually share the same birthday. I mean, it's 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 um. I'm like, yo, and all this research and work that I've done and, and the reading and, you know, it's like, damn, how could I like miss that? How could I like miss him? Right. But that's that's the thing with our history. There's so many people. There are so many folks that's contributed, both that were born here in America and born outside of America and brought here or whatever. Right. And, you know, we getting robbed, man. Like, how do I go through all this education? I'm just saying, right. How do I go through all this? No, education? It's true. And we just don't have it. We just don't know. And it, but that's it, it just tells me why we need more of our own schools. Right. And then you look on the news and you look at, you know, there was a school that tried to open up and do it how they need to do it. And they closed it in two days because of a covid outbreak already. Mm-hmm. Or there is, you know, no. Hey, real but, but Charles, but Charles, beyond that, not to cut you off, but the yeah. kid that reported it mm-hmm. ended up getting suspended for five days. I didn't even know that. I didn't even know that. That's all. That's that's a show in and of itself, right? I mean, so, but but in a school that don't show us who, uh, 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 who uh, Reverend Doctor C T Vivian is, uh, or teaches our history, you know, or don't care about our health, like why? What? What? Why? Why do we keep expecting things from these type of these type of institutions? Like, why do we keep expecting? You know, Rashad and I and shout out to you, Chris, because I saw I saw my old good friend Rashad Turner on the Citizen Ed <laughs> Network this morning. And I, 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 I hit I hit Ray about it. I said, where good old, where good old Rashad been? Because, you know, I, we got to get him on the A Black Hands just to come mm-hmm. talk that talk. Mm-hmm. And he was talking today about, you know, what our big issues are and who don't care about us. And he went real hard at like unions. Right. And I think. You know, I'm not about to go on a teacher union rant, but what I but we need more people speaking truth about what our community needs and who's going to get it and what that looks like. Like we have to continue to tell our people over and over that we deserve the best, that you deserve better. You deserve better. And here's another example of that. Go ahead. My bad. Super. super uh important though you said you hadn't heard about ct vivian before this mm-hmm. and felt a little robbed because we've all been through school <laughs> right and people have been through school and there's so much you don't know i bet you know we know a lot about hamilton though right absolutely oh don't why do me- we know so, why do we know so much about hamilton and we don't know about the people like it's almost like we we feel like we've we've done with our own history and now we have excess time to be learning about other people's history so we know a lot about Hamilton and Jefferson and other people's people, but we don't know the main people uh, in our, and someone in the comments put what is stopping us from doing better. Mm-hmm. And that's a good, that's a good uh, question because we have access to information. We got the best libraries we've ever had. We were the freest we've ever been. Nobody is stopping us from learning about ourselves. Somehow uh, there's some sort of block. The fine thing I'll say is, why do we have to like like the, the Black History Museum in D.C., right, for instance, should have been there for years. It should have been there for years before it was there. And why did it take us having to capitalize it ourselves? 
and having to raise money to build something that the Smithsonian should have already built. Our history is not valued. That's why we don't know about people like C.T. Vivian and others. Um, we know about Dr. Martin Luther King because white folks flattened him, put him on a stamp and made him the, the, the guy. But all around him, there was a universe of other people that all deserve their stories told. Mm hmm. I mean, yeah, man. I I don't know. I mean, I mean, well, I do know. Right? I think that you know, you know, you know. I mean, here's why, man. Like, again, how often does somebody got to tell you they're not rocking with you before you like? Look, let me stop trying to date these people. And what I mean is this, yo. These people, you can. We keep trying to change how people feel about us, right? And we keep wanting people to care. We want people to um, to change their hearts. And I don't know if I can do that for people like that's not the work that I do. So I'm working to make sure that we put some stuff in stone where it don't matter what you think. Like it don't matter if you, you can hate the color red all you want. But the stop sign means stop. You know what I'm saying? You're running the red light. Somebody giving you a ticket. And I think I don't want moral victories. I'm not in that game. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like. I'm not going to start quoting Jay-Z lines, even though I want to. But Please don't do it. I, I don't want moral victories. I want actual wins, and I want to make sure that there are some things that's going to last, regardless of if I'm alive or not, regardless if Chris or Ray is here or not, regardless if we have a John Lewis or a King or whatever. Like, we need to kind of try to make sure we build things that will be here for us regardless. And I think that's what the game has to be. Stop trying to get these people to like you. Mm. Look at all these slave yeah. masters I mean, posing on your dollars. <laughs> go ahead. Look at all these slave masters posing on your dollars. I'm proud of you. I mean, Ray, Ray, I mean, you know, you always do such a good job of hosting, and sometimes we don't get your comments, man. So, like, what, what, what's your tech? I mean, why do you think, you know, just to go with Chris's question, like, let's stay in this before we go to John Lewis. What do you think needs to happen? What should we be doing differently? So I, as a former social studies teacher, as a former history teacher, I feel like a lot of it falls on me. Like I determine what I bring into my classroom. I determine what I expose my students to. And so if I'm if I'm doing it the right way and I'm covering the civil rights movement the right way, then my kids know about all of these giants that had involvement in the Civil War. The problem is, is that 80 percent of teachers are white and there's only 2% of black male teachers in the teaching force. And so, you know, everybody's not going to make that conscious decision to cover the civil rights the way that it's supposed to be covered um, because they don't have to. You know, it, it, it's, it's not like when you when you take a um, an American government um, a standardized test at the end of the year, there's only maybe like three questions that are the civil rights movement. And so that's got to be something that as embedded in you, you have to feel that. You have to, you know, you you have to want to teach that the way that it needs to be taught. And I've seen I, I've seen white teachers do it. So don't 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 get it twisted. Don't think that it can't be done. It can be done. Um, but you just have to have the wherewithal and you have to have, have the know how to do it. And, and, and Ray, I agree with you. And, and th this isn't to be combative. Right. I, don't, I think that there might be a lot of people that want to do it. But I just made the point. I don't I think if we being honest, there are a lot of black folks that did not know who C.T. Vivian was. Like, right. I think there are a lot of black people that mean really well. Now, I'm even talking about white people. I ain't even got to the white teachers yet. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, even when I did my book club around education of blacks in the South, it's so much rich information. And 
everybody in my group was working in education, was had multiple degrees, very smart and very, quote unquote, like conscious people. You know what I'm saying? It's just stuff that they just didn't know. Like sometimes you don't even know what to go look for because it, you've just never even been, you know, exposed to it in some kind of way. Right. So, so I I'll think push, I'll push yeah, you a little yeah. bit. Right. So you just you just mentioned a Jay-Z quote and I think Chris just quoted it. Who's Jay-Z's predecessor? Like who he stole, who he still a style from? Steel. Come on, brother. See, who, who did, who, who did Jay-Z style came from who? I mean, he, him and Biggie came up together. No, 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 no. Right. Jay-Z style came there. from Big Daddy Kane. He Big came from Big Kane. A huge influencer of Jay-Z's Big Daddy Kane. I mean, we can right. we're doing that. So, at, you so when, you, when you talk about, right, when you talk about Jay-Z, it's like you got to think about Big Daddy Kane. I mentioned that because of Versus is coming up between Big Daddy Kane and Rakim. But, but when you think about Jay-Z, you got to think about Big Daddy Kane. And so when you think about John Lewis, if you're a studier of history, you got to think about the Reverend Dr. C.T. Vivian because that's his student. And so it yeah. all depends on the, the lens that you go in with. Okay. Uh, now I got to do my Uncle Ruck, Ruckus routine. Right? <laughs> yeah, I got to do my Uncle, Uncle Ruckus routine. <laughs> um. So, yeah, you got to look at Jay-Z and Biggie and know, like, who got what from where, what what Nas got, what, you know, Tupac got, whether what were they all hanging together? Did they get it all at the same time? I mean, blah, 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 whatever. But then you got to jump into the the present and see all these rainbow bright mumbling oh. cough syrup drinking <laughs> fools <laughs> mumbling nonsense you know what 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 and NBA that's young why boy is from your hometown <laughs> this is why you don't know about john lewis's predecessors and whatnot is because your children are mumbling cough syrup induced lyrics about nothing. Yeah, we ain't gonna do this. Instead we're gonna move of, Charles, move the show. Brother, please tell me that you come on, man. All these rainbow bright mumbling <laughs> rappers, right? Walking around, have our children saying the most nonsensical things, right? There is name a public enemy today. Give me a public enemy today. Millennials, listen to me. This is a message from, from Gen X. Show me, show me, show me your Paris. Show me your Paris. Show me your jungle brothers. Show me your De La Soul. Show me your, your African bombada. Okay. Show me your public enemy. Right. I dare you to show me any of those. Right. Show me your common. I, 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 listen, I dare you. This is why we don't know. And this is why our children don't know it, because we don't expect schools to teach our kids. We're not dummies. We know that that's not happening. We know that that's not the people that should be teaching our kids anything. Warner Brothers, Interscope, CBS, this is who's teaching your kids. And year by year, they're teaching them with dumber and dumber teachers, right? What do you, what do you mean P- by that? I'm going to push you on that. What do you, what do you mean by that when you say that? I don't think I don't think a PE could get signed today. Right. I don't think a, I don't think a mass marketed. Oh, you think so? Well, you I don't so? it's not, it's the, actual, the actual one can't get signed right now. The I, actual I say, can't. Only reason I say that is because Run the Jewels is out here and, and Run the Jewels carries that kind of old school spirit of them 
and like old school Ice Cube and stuff like that. So, I mean, and a lot of this stuff is just more independent, right? I think well, I, what I will say is everything that you said is, is correct and it's out there, Chris, but there are young brothers that's, and sisters that's actually rapping with a different type of message that's out there. If you're looking for it, you can find it. I mean, it's a lot of folks that's rapping about conditions and what's going on and, and, and actually have some skill and talent. You Little know, baby. But not well, Lil Baby did he well his big his last his last song was about the social movement. And here's the thing. He got a lot of kids that listen to him that's now aware of things that was going on in those places, right? He did it from his lens. I mean, look, I mean, part of this is where parents step in too, right? Like the conversations that you have with your kids or whatever and the media that they take in. I mean, because we also have a social, uh, and you know how I feel about social media, right? Like, but in social media, there is a lot of stuff kind of coming out. Um, The other thing that I'll say, and I'll say this with pride and a little bit of fear, you know, but Fred Hampton has a movie coming and, and Fred Hampton is from Maywood. I want them to say Maywood, Illinois, because uh, that's where I was born. And a lot of times people are like that's not Chicago or whatever. Uh, but it's, I'm, I am a little worried about the Fred Hampton movie. Right. Uh, for a few reasons. I think it's going to be a great opportunity for people to learn. And I also know how Hollywood does. I also know what they have to do with stories, because a lot of his messages I don't know if they're going to play it on a big screen in front of all these people uncensored and unmoved, you know, and uh, like a lot of people. Again, here's another fact that a lot of people don't know. He started a rainbow coalition. It was not Jesse Jackson. That that came something later. But part of the reason that got Fred Hampton in trouble is he wanted to have a rainbow coalition of all these different races that came together that who were oppressed around being poor and all these things. And I, I am very happy and blessed to have been born in Maywood and lived in Oakland kind of with this Panther legacy. But, you know, to your point, though, Chris, right, it's a lot of facts in there that I think a lot of people will want to teach. But they grew up in the same system that I grew up in and they teachers grew up in the same system like it's a part of their air. You know what I mean? So I think it's going to be really interesting. Um, I okay, Ray. <laughs> I, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. But I, I'm going to let him have his shine because, oh, you know, wait, Chris did this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh, Chris, go ahead and get your point off, brother. I can't wait to hear this. Go ahead. This is what's funny, millennials. Look at your look at your rainbow bright. Look at your rainbow bright. This is y'all. This is this is Gen. I don't even think this is Gen Y. This is probably Gen Z or something like that. Things are getting get, yeah, I know. But listen, look right there. It says what's so terrible about mumble rap? The second line there is Eminem hates it and Kendrick is just living with it, right? Two people, Eminem, uh legend. Uh, Kendrick is a modern legend. Neither one of them are millennials, right? These, these are, well, I mean, you know, I don't know where Kendrick falls on, on that spectrum or whatnot, but this is my point is that uh, uh, actual knowledge bearing individuals are being replaced by dumber and dumber media, not just, not just hip hop, all media um, is, is numbing our kids in the head. And that's something we have control over. That's not something the schools have control over. We can't blame that on the teachers union. We can't blame that on anybody else. We are the ones who sign up for Netflix and for everything else and control the buttons, like what you get to hear and what you don't get to hear. My parents had some real interesting taste of stuff that they would uh, allow me to listen to, um, like Richard Pryor and Red Fox, (laughs) which was okay, apparently, in our house. Um, But those were considered to be 
smart folks. But anyways, let's get off of mumble rap. People are pushing us in the comments. Let's get on to the, hey. the good man. <laughs> hey, hey, Dr. Smith, I see you in the comments, baby. I, I, we're going to honor your frat, brother. Don't worry about it. We got to do you, it. Bro. It's all good, man. Let's 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 go ahead and do that. But uh, I would love we can have that conversation at any time y'all want because there's been trash media since the beginning of the time. Like anyway, we just let's just go. We can come back to it. We absolutely can. I would love to. We were able to bring more than two hundred and fifty thousand people to march in Washington, and we all had to prepare a speech. I was very young, twenty three years old. All of my hair and a few pounds lighter. I have the pleasure to present to this. When A. Philip Randolph said, I now present to you young John Lewis, the national chairman of the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee. Brother John Lewis. I looked to my right. I saw hundreds and hundreds of young people who have been involved during the early days. Look straight ahead. I saw this sea of humanity. Then I looked to the left. I saw young black men and young white men up in the trees trying to get a better view. And then I said to myself, but this is it. And I looked straight ahead again. And something said to me, go for it. And I opened my mouth and I started speaking. Mm. today for jobs and freedom. But we have nothing to be proud of. Of hundreds and thousands of our brothers are not here. Or they're receiving starvation wages or no wages at all. Those who have said be patient and wait, you have said that we cannot be patient. We do not want our freedom gradually, but we want to be free now. The time will come when we will not confine our march into Washington. We will march through the South, through the streets of Jackson, through the streets of Danville, through the streets of Cambridge, through the streets of Wake up, America. Wake up, but we cannot stop, and we will not and cannot be patient. Mm. Powerful brother. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when I when I think of when I think of con- uh, uh, late Congressman uh, John Lewis, I put him in. He's like in a class by himself in terms of just like how he's viewed how he's viewed in Washington, right? So like on the Democratic side, there's John Lewis. On the Republican side, it's kind of like that John McCain thing or whatever. And like I put them like on the same level in terms of just like the amount of respect that I have for them, um, the outreach that they had in terms of like going on both sides of the aisle in order to try to just keep the peace and and keep things moving for people. Phenomenal man, yo, phenomenal. Mm-hmm. What are y'all's mm-hmm. thoughts? After you, Chris. No, you go ahead, man. I think um, I think it's a, we lost a titan, and we lost somebody who was huge, and somebody that has meant a lot to a lot of people, and also been fighting in this fight for a long time. 
And again, I have the same tricky feelings that I do around, you know, CT Vivian. It's just like, how, how much longer until we get the things that we asking for? And then now, what are we even asking for? I mean, I feel like the messaging at that time was much more pristine and direct and surgical. And I think that we're in a time that actually requires for us to be surgical and focused. Um, and I get worried because I see, I see us going harder at each other and fighting each other mm, and turning on point. each other uh, yeah. than we do at, at the at the enemy. And, mm-hmm. and the enemy is like injustice and the enemy is racism and systemic racism. And I think that we take these carrots so often uh, and then we lose focus again. You know, did, mm-hmm. was it all, all did, it, did it just take for the NBA to start back up for everything to like, you know what I'm saying? For us to forget what we was working on or, you know, we have not hit the goals that we set for ourselves yet. So those, those are my reactions. Chris. Can you share my screen? I just want to play this short yeah. clip real quick. Uh, uh, um, how do I do that? Yeah, this is it. And what do I do? John Lewis is lying in space in the U.S. Capitol. How do you think history will remember John Lewis? I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know John Lewis. Uh, he chose not to come to my uh, uh, inauguration. Uh, he chose. Uh, I, I don't. Uh, I never met John Lewis. Actually, I don't believe. Do you find him impressive? Uh, I can't say one way or the other. I find a lot of people impressive. I find many people not impressive. But no. But I didn't. Do you find his story he impressive? He didn't come to my inauguration. He didn't come to my State of the Union speeches, and that's okay. That's his right. And. Again, nobody has done more for Black Americans than I have. I understand. He should have come. But I think he made a big mistake. Taking, taking your relationship with him out of it, do you find his story impressive, what he's done for this country? He was a person that devoted a lot of energy and a lot of heart Okay, so the only reason I want to play this is to say that when the when you show your clip of John Lewis giving the speech as the youngest person on the March on Washington, he's saying that at a time where there's people in our life who we know that in their lifetime did not have the full rights of citizenship in the United States. And it's crazy. It makes you mad looking back at it, that people actually had to make an argument for it. They actually had to even fight about it or whatnot. Now, all these years later, the leader of the free world, the president of the United States is basically just like uh, uh, trying to erase John Lewis. You just said John Lewis is a titan in Congress, goes Mm -hmm. back and forth across the aisle. We know who he is and what he does. And look at how we are backsliding and letting these Negroes uh, cause us to backslide on our own history, our gains, the progress that we've made or whatnot. Um, I just wanted to show that we are not making forward progress right now. I think we're actually starting to go backwards and people like John Lewis and those others, those were the ones that actually, I think had the bravery and the courage and the know-how, the skill, the strategy to do it last time around. I just don't know what our generation is going to do. I just don't know what our generation is going to do to produce the type of gains that they produced. Mm. All right. I mean, I'm going to say something that's going to be really good. Joe Charles, just let me jump in real quick. No, you, I want to say ahead, something that's going to be really controversial. Really controversial what I'm about to say. You might end up saying the same thing. Now, this guy just said, I mean, and like, it, pardon, pardon him. 
for not knowing history, uh, and I don't think that someone like that should ever be uh, voted into office that does that does not know the history of America, and that's not a scholar or whatever, and that can't conjugate verbs and and and, and talking um, <laughs> talking complete sentences, right? But what one thing that he did say that resonated for me is that he has done more for African Americans in terms of policy than anybody else. And I know y'all going to shoot me dead in the comments, but he's right. No, he's, he's not. not right. What are you talking about? No, he's what not. Are you, wait, wait, what are you, what? Huh? What? I mean, what? what? There's another racist president that did more for black people than Donald Trump has done. It's Oh, Lyndon Johnson. Yes. Lyndon Baines Johnson, like, who hated Negro, <laughs> by the way. How many people are insured today because of Donald Trump? How many people are insured today? How many people have jobs today because of Donald Trump? How many people are dying of a damn global pandemic because of Donald Trump? What do you mean he's done more for black people? Right, Which, yeah, black, people? Which black people? Diamond and silk? You know? Come on, bro. Stop it. Just stop it. Right. Just stop hey, it. You did hey, this on purpose. The comms took over. They didn't want me to hear anything you said, and, and I didn't hear anything well, you said. Well, you're going to hear it in my response. So, yeah, I need the screen, sir. Uh, I just... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Go, man. Dr. Cole. Do this, this Dr. Cole. This is what I will say. I will say, instead of dismissing Donald Trump, understand when the Lord gives you a gift, and what you got is the gift of white supremacy personified. What you got is the gift of truth for so many people across this country. And it is a blessing that he doesn't have the ability or the will to censor himself because you are getting, these are not independent thoughts. Mm. These thoughts are shared by a lot of people and he's arrogant and narcissistic enough to let you know who he is, but not just who he is, what these people think. This is why you can't be okay with just platitudes and people performing racial justice as opposed to actually giving you justice. You know what I'm saying? It's equivalent to somebody at your job patting you on the head and saying, good job, while everybody else is getting a raise. You have to demand actual change. And I think that when somebody like Donald Trump says what he says, like, instead of just dismissing and being mad and being upset about it, right? Like, at some point, it kind of is what it is. And you need and this should help focus us on the job of getting him out of office and making sure we roll back things. Because let me tell you what else Donald, Donald Trump is doing while we like to make jokes about him. And we did this when Bush was president, too. We made fun of Bush talking about nuclear versus nuclear. And he ended up passing a bunch of policies. Donald Trump is getting every single judge he wants on the feds. And these people are there for life, not just the Supreme Court. But federal judges, okay? He is ensuring that even if he loses, and I don't think he's going to leave if he loses. I think it's going to be a bigger issue. But even if he loses, he is ensuring that they will have power for the next 30, 40 years. And he ain't just hiring, he ain't just appointing old people. He is getting young Republican judges that believe the same thing that he said to that man when he was getting interviewed about people like John Lewis. It's a lot of people in this country that don't give a damn about who John Lewis was. They don't think he was important. They don't like him. And this person is showing you what power looks like. So we should be using it to actually apply this to a side that does not care about you. I don't know what you was talking about, Ray. I love you to death. You're scaring the <laughs> hell out of me, though. I have no idea what you're talking about, fam. Hey, yeah. so, I, so, so I'll, I'll run down my list. So, landmark criminal justice reform. 
Who makes it yeah. landmark? Negro, they've been passing criminal justice reform in every presidency and everybody takes the same credit. Keep going. Keep going. Landmark. Okay. That's him talking. Record, That's not record, <laughs> record funding for HBCUs. I mean, they came and they shucked and job, but they ended up getting money out of it. And, you know, it was a record amount. Just saying. Everybody's giving the HBCUs money. Every presidency. And keep going. Yeah, Walking but he gave more money to HBCUs than, than Donald Trump. The <laughs> Koch brothers, the Koch brothers are giving more money to HBCUs. There's opportunity zone tax breaks for investing in low income areas. I like it when it was called Jack Kemp in the 1980s and 1990s. Keep going. Uh, lowest unemployment rate for in, in the history of in American history for Hispanic, Asian, Prior to should be because it's been on a straight line upward in the eight years of Obama. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. like you, you know, Donald Trump is good for talking about stuff that he's inherited because he inherited millions of dollars from his dad, and and he likes to pretend like he made it. Now he's talking about lowest unemployment rate. Well, how's that unemployment rate going now anyways, by the way? Nah, oh, my God. It's not really going well. It's a hoax. It's it, a hoax. It went through the floor. You know what I'm saying? We also have a president that said that the coronavirus was a hoax, that is has been yeah. pushing this stuff for so long, and there are so many people. Here's the thing. There are so many poor white people that actually look up to this dude and love this guy and his policies are killing them. It's hurting them. It's hurting us, too. Like, I'm telling you, poor black people and poor white people got a lot more in common than you like to think. And and there's a lot of similarities there. Right. And but the thing about this is, is that what Trump does is that he reiterates in their mind that you might be poor, but you better than them Negroes. You better than them brown people. And that's why, man. Like, so when we talk up like that dude is dangerous. He is dangerous to this environment. He is dangerous to our people. Like sending. Listen, man, we released criminals from prison because we we found out that COVID was too. It was just too crazy. Right. It was too. It was it was too viral. These are the same people that saying we have to send your kids back to school before we know anything. So I'm just saying, man, like I, I feel you and I know we the A black hands and we say some like controversial stuff or whatever, bro. <laughs> I, I just, that dude is that dude is dangerous, bro. And 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 he would rather see you dead. Unless you a rich black man that can help him out and jump in an election on some weird stuff to try to take out Joe Biden, Kanye West, mm. he don't got nothing to do with you and he ain't got nothing for you. Well, here's my provocative thing that I've said before on this show. <laughs> Uh, you know, the Tea Party, when they got mad and pissed off, they took over the Republican Party, kicked out everybody they didn't like, replaced them with a whole bunch of Tea Party crazy people. And they took over an entire party and then took over the country. Uh, when Michael Brown died and we started an entire movement, we got a hashtag and a whole bunch of people with T-shirts and a, a slogan of don't shoot. <laughs> don't shoot the opposite of black power you know the black power movement was about black power the the the, the modern day black power movement is about please don't shoot me uh mr racist man um so, so it's just a difference in in whether or not you know if power is the actual goal because the tea party folks them crazy uh folks that you're talking about the poor whites and then the whites that were go on the edge of being crazy and blah blah, blah they got themselves a president that's what they did in their spare time. 
That's what they did over years and years and years of their spare time. They got themselves a president who said, let's make America great again. And you knew exactly what that meant. Right. Absolutely. When, when a president says, let's make America great again. Oh, and by the way, Mexicans are rapists. Black people come from shithole countries. Let's have a Muslim ban. Let's have a China ban. Let's uh, fight the Kung flu. Mm-hmm. Bruh, come on now. Mm-hmm. Very fine people on both sides, <laughs> on the side of the Klan and on the side of the people fighting the Klan. There are very fine people on both sides. Man, come on. All right. So here's, here's, the, here's, the, here's the conundrum. Here's the conundrum, right? Is that you have people that we bang with that'll smile in your face that may not look like us, that'll smile in your face and be like, yeah, he's the worst and there's no way. This is injustice. This is this, this is that. Yeah. But then when they get in the voting booth, Trump. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, people lie. I mean, I think, and I actually think it's going to be true. more black people voting for him this go round than last time too. If I'm being honest, I mean, but this is the thing: people lie. Like people will lie to your face. This is the listen, man. Let me even bring this back to education. There are always going to be people that's going to say the right thing and do the best and do the right thing for them or what they feel is for them. We see this with this whole pod situation, right? There are a lot of white people with a lot of money that's super liberal that's telling you as a black or brown person that you got to put your kid in these schools and you are wrong and stealing money from the system if you put your kids over here. In a different but guess what? They ain't never putting their kid next to yours and then a damn pandemic hit. And you know what happened? Everybody with kids, with money, with funds, especially those same White people that had an issue with you picking for your kid got pods. They they hiring for fifteen hundred dollars a week. I read one of the things yep. and they said fifteen hundred dollars a week. And we don't want you to get on public transportation. So if you're good, there's an apartment that we have for you on top of that, right? So now you it's not boy, the system. Yes, bro. They offered housing so they didn't have to go and, and risk COVID, bro. So what I'm saying is now it's not an issue to the system no more, right? It ain't about that no more, right? It ain't about like bleeding the system dry when it comes to your kids. And the point that I'm making about whether it's a Donald Trump secret voter or these really super liberal or super whatever people, super woke people that's talking about where you put your kids or whatever, people are doing what's best for them. And instead, and we trying to keep winning these moral arguments. We keep trying to be the biggest voice on Twitter. We keep trying to outwoke people. Why don't we actually outorganize and not be happy with the crumbs that we get? A blue check mark ain't worth it, man. I promise you. You know what? Because half of half of us are working for one half of the bird, and the other half of us are working for the other half of the bird. Half of us working for the right wing, half of us working for the left wing. You just mentioned something right there. What white folks are doing with their their resources to create pods, and oh by the way, middle class black people are getting in on that action too. But right now. There's an effort afoot to say, like Rand Paul has a bill basically saying, uh, let people have their per pupil income. If you are going to not teach them, shut down the schools or whatnot, let them take their per pupil income. Well, in my case, I got three kids. So my per pupil income would be something like like 50K, 52K mm-hmm. for 52K. I could I could buy one teacher or a part of a teacher and say, you're going to have the smallest class size you've ever had in your life. You're not going to have a principal. You're not going to have a curriculum and instruction department. You're not going to have people like breathing down your back. All you got to do is form 
uh, educational program for my three kids. But for that to happen, I need the government to give me my per pupil income and let's just call it a day. You know, give me an iPad and, and my my 15, 16 K a month for each of my children. They got people that have five kids, five, six kids. That's definitely enough money. Uh, I mean, to buy a teacher. And, and, and I mean, and, and listen, and I'm not mad at people that got pods. That and I ain't mad at the people that got pods, right? Because people going to do what's best for their kids, man. I'd be upset with you if you did have a means and you didn't do what you needed to do for your kid. Mm-hmm. The point is, is like, stop trying to tell me what to do with mine. But again, yo, like I said this to young black educators, if you in college or grad school right now, you just because you still live in a capitalist society, regardless of what Twitter might tell you and what what people trying to get you to do. If you are a grad student right now, put up start a tutoring business right now. Charge these people with money full price. You know what I'm saying? Uh, maybe even a little extra. If you that good, you're going to have a small group of four or five kids and you get to actually get in there and teach. Right. And then supplement for poor people or poor families that don't have those type of means. And that way you making money, you make, you know what I'm saying? And like you actually have built a system of economics that's making sure we can educate in the things that we need. Like it's always going to be people that's going to say it ain't perfect. So we can't do this and we can't do that, man. But those same people doing what they got to do for themselves behind the scenes, man, just don't fall for the okie doke. That's my no, thing. And, and the, like people like Angela, who's in our comments right now, said, sign me up. I'll take that job as an educator. This yeah. is all, all my black educators in the comments right now. This is this is no cap. This is like straight up. Um, Did you say no cap? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Some of us. <laughs> some of us, oh some of us oh my God. are going to buy teachers even without the per pupil. So right. hit us up because I just need y'all to know not, not all black people are broke and not all black people with children are broke. And uh, black teachers right now could be very important to black families. So uh, so y'all need to start marketing some, especially those of y'all that do math <laughs> for my black yeah. math teachers. Lord had mercy, please just 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 start marketing yourself. Start making it known that you're a math teacher because uh, black people are talking got the infrastructure for it. I think that you, there are some people. I mean, there's people in our network. I, uh, like we got a sister that does math. She does math every week or whatnot. Right. And like you might be able to put some of these people on your platform. This is the time. Right. In times like this is when new. This is when the new black Sesame Street can get built by these really young, innovative people. Right. This is when you build like we're at a daytime shows that just has lessons like put it like this. If maybe there's a second grade reading level at 12, there's a third grade reading level at 1230, a fourth grade reading level at one. Like the, like we actually have the tools like we're on a show right now going in and out with different screens and lights and stuff like that. It, it ain't hard. But the thing is, we're going to keep expecting these people to do the right thing by us. And I don't know how often they don't do it for you, for for us to kind of feel like we are on our own. You are on your own. Like nobody is coming to save you. They just they giving you another four hundred dollars. Is that what came out? That's what they get inside where Trump. So Trump can say he did everything for black people again. Four hundred dollars. That's what's going to save you. It ain't coming. It's not not four hundred dollars, bro. How much is it? Four hundred. It is four hundred. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what you it is four hundred dollars. It is F O E between four and four. No, but keep is, going. It is four O E. I'm telling you, that's what you're getting, and they're gonna treat man anyway. Go ahead. <laughs> hey, can I can I take us out on a on a happier thought? Do it, brother. Do it. All 
that's Representative John Lewis showing off those dance moves. Of course, the song is happy. And former First Lady Michelle Obama, she was sharing this video on her Instagram page of Lewis. Oh, I miss her. Well, you don't have to miss, miss her. her. She has a brand new podcast on Spotify, and she signed an amazing deal for it. You can go check it out. <laughs> so yeah, I'm jealous of that deal. Hey, but um, yeah. So let's let's bring us into our final thoughts, man. Good trouble episode. Chris, mm-hmm. we'll start with you. No, don't start with you. Okay, I won't start with you. Oh, right. yes, yeah, so we can end with Chris. 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 <laughs> Well, let me go quick because I feel like Chris about to bring it. You feel me? Listen, man, uh, we lost two titans uh, and that work has to continue. But that work also has to continue with us having laser focus, being really uh, like clear on what the goals are and not losing focus, not letting dumb Twitter trolls get you off your square, not having black men and black women going at each other and against each other. What we, we are in a moment where we can actually change things and they're going to throw so many other things of, that's not valuable to them at us as like, you know, a way to kind of quiet and temper us down. But we right there, man. What do we want to see accomplished? If you we should have as black America, it should be three things that we all agree on. And it's like, look, we are going hard for this thing. You know what I'm saying? And, and staying focused in that. So I'm happy to be back. My heart goes out to Reef and I'm praying for you, brother. And I can't wait to see you. And uh, and I'm just happy to be back with you all, man. So go ahead, Ray. <laughs> Yeah, appreciate that. All right, so uh, my final thoughts tonight are, uh, are are this. Consider joining our Patreon. We don't really promote <laughs> our Patreon the way that we should. And so, yeah, tonight, right now, www.patreon.com, 8 Black Hands Patreon. You get a book club. You get... Uh, you get you get access to us. You get my crazy ass talking shit maybe two, three times a week. <laughs> what more can you want? <laughs> All right. See Breezy. What's you, happening, you, man? Ray, you, Ray, you should do more commercials. I just... that <laughs> He should. He you really should. should. <laughs> I'm enough. <laughs> um so listen I, actually i didn't have anything like you know crazy good to say i was telling y'all no because i had some uh i was having like an old man's moment and something was playing like music or something and, and on and i couldn't find out where it was on my laptop so oh. uh so, so that's why i was doing this and y'all like oh he gonna bring it um so my final words and my final thoughts is like you know in 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 uh greek there's something there are two uh, definitions of time in Greek. And one of them is about sequ- sequential time. And the other one is about Kairos. The Kairos moment is an opportune moment. It's the opportune moment for a thing to happen. And I think right now, whether we know it or not, we are in that opportune moment. There are a lot of downsides to COVID and everything that is going on with us right now. Um, the, and the upside of it is it needs to motivate us for a few things. Number one, to reclaim our children and take over their intellectual development process, not because we want to but because we have to we just don't have a choice and we need to step up and if we can't step up people need to help us step up we need to be helping each other black educators need to to market themselves and let let it be known that they're available for help and and you know form a basis for what it costs and and then charge it because i can guarantee you there's going to be black folks that are willing to pay it and they're not trying to pay it 
to people that don't understand their kids. So I'll say that much. Um, it's an opportune moment. Um, and it's also an opportune moment because we have an election coming up and it couldn't be more important than it's ever been before. What Obama said at John Lewis's funeral is absolutely true. Don't talk about him. Don't don't think about him and sing about him and dream about him and, and all that nonsense. Be about him. And what he was about was about making sure that everybody had the right to vote, which is under threat right now, which everybody had civil rights, which is under threat right now, that everybody was enfranchised in their country. And if you look at what they do to felons with voting and if you look at like who is is catching hell and covid and all the benefits that we're doing, um, you need to, to, to really think this is the opportune moment to be John Lewis, uh, to be C.T. Vivian, to be the next generation of them and leave that mumble rap alone. <laughs> Hater! <laughs> As you Yeah. Hey, shout out, shout out Reef, man. We love you. We, we, we miss you in this episode, man. We missed that energy, bro, but you are in our prayers. Um, if you like this episode, please like us, smile at us, uh, do the up sign, uh, do the, the, the laugh. If you laugh, do the heart, uh, all that stuff. Uh, make sure you share it. Uh, yeah. So we'll see you guys next week. Good trouble all week. Peace. Peace. You have been listening to the Eight Black Hands podcast with Ankrum, Cole, El Mecky, and Stewart. If you like what you heard, follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at 8BlackHands1. Thank you for listening.